This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. One of the multiple heresies that William Branham integrated into his Christian teaching is that of dualism. Not just the false teaching of a dualistic Godhead, but Branham's dualistic teachings range from the dualistic Godhead to opposing forces like we see in the belief system of Hinduism or Tao Buddhism and Islam. Dualism is a theology that started in pagan worship. It was found in Egyptian religious beliefs by the contrasts of the gods Set and Osiris. But interestingly, the conception of dualism came from the ancient Persian religion of Zoroastrianism around the mid-5th century BC. Zoroastrianism oddly enough, is connected to Branham's false teaching that Balaam had the same anointing as Moses. As Balaam is seen in a key figure in the ancient Zoroastrianism teachings, in fact, it is believed by some in Islam that Balaam, in fact, was Zoroaster. Some Syriac writers uh, Recorders interchange the name Balaam with Zoroaster in the lexicon of the Bar Ali. In Taoism, there are two opposing forces, almost, if not, equal. You have the yin and you have the yang. This matches the times that Branham teaches that Jesus and Satan were almost, if not, equal. In 1955, Branham says this, the right hand of the Almighty God was Lucifer, son of the morning. The first God granted him almost co-workers with him. He was a co-worker partly equal with him. He says that on, in 1955, sermon entitled, The Seal of the Antichrist. But combining this with Charles Taze Russell's theology, the Jehovah's Witnesses, and other pagan religions, Branham combined multiple heresies into what became a different Jesus. 
You see, even though Branham sometimes claimed to be a Trinitarian, obviously away from Jeffersonville, Branham never seemed to fully grasp the differences between the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. Because of this, William Branham added to the Word of God, and he invented a new Bible verse, one that many of you probably have stuck in your heads like I do. He claimed that Jesus Christ said this, Lo, I will be with you, even in you, until the end of the world. Jesus, which is partly correct. But the words, even in you, are added by William Branham. In a sermon entitled, The Godhead Explained, Branham says this, <clears throat> Now the Bible said that God was in Christ reconciling himself. Now God cannot be three people, three gods, but neither can Jesus be his own father. Dualism. To bind all of this together and combining multiple heresies, Branham uses Charles Taze Russell's false teaching that God entered Jesus as he was being baptized by John the Baptist and that God left Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane, essentially teaching that just a man died for us on the cross. And to any Bible reader who has eyes to read, they know that just a man cannot take away the sins of the world. To start this off, William Branham invents another Bible verse. He says this, and when Jesus, a carpenter's son, physically speaking, when he came to the earth, that's all he was known of, and the day when John baptized him, God vindicated him. And God spoke from the heavens. John saw his coming in the form of a dove and said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm, well, I'm pleased. And Branham says this, and the right translation there is, in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. He says, Jesus immediately anointed with God. He said, Branham says this, he was just a man at that time, but now he becomes the God-man. Now, he says that the correct translation is to dwell in. However, the original scrolls had no additional words, and these words, to dwell in, were only translated by William Branham, unless George Lamsa found some Gnostic scroll that had been altered. The scrolls, the unaltered scrolls, unaltered by ancient heretics, do not have any additional words to translate. There's no words to translate and add these words that Branham claims is there. Out of the seven words found in the scrolls, they would literally translate to Son of me, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased. There's nothing to translate to dwell in. After the word Eudokisa, there is no additional words. Regarding the Spirit leaving Jesus as 
just a man. In 1965, William Branham said this. Now, this is 1965. So for those of you who are being told by your false teaching pastors that it is progressive revelation, I'm going to ask you, which way did it progress? 1965, the Spirit left him in the Garden of Gethsemane. He had to die a man. Remember, friends, he didn't have to do that. 1965, it is the rising of the sun, is the sermon. And that is a heresy. This is exactly what the Jehovah's Witness believe. In the Watchtower Society teachings, Jehovah of the Old Testament is Jesus of the New. And they also believe that there's a separation between the Father and the Son in the Old Testament. They explain this to be Michael the Archangel, which they say is Jesus Christ. So which is he, a man or an angel? In 1955, Branham says this, And at that time, Michael shall stand, the great prince. He says this, And Michael was Christ. He says, Michael was Christ, of course, who fought the angelic wars in heaven with the devil. Satan and Michael fought together, fought against one another, rather. This is Tao Buddhism. This is Egyptian heresy. This is Hindu. These are all false religions. Pagan gods brought into Christian theology by false teaching. Same thing the Gnostics did. The intent is to lessen Jesus from God down to an angel, or in William Branham's case, all the way down to a man, while increasing Satan to make them equal and to confuse Christians with heresy. If we're fighting a war where our God is equal to Satan, well, who's going to win? Our God is much more powerful than Satan. And every Christian should know this. One of the tools that Branham uses to inject his false teachings, believe it or not, is the Bible. Let me repeat that. One of the tools that William Branham uses to inject his false teachings, believe it or not, is the Bible. Now notice I said Bible. Not the scripture, but the Bible, the translated text. Branham and those like him are able to confuse because of two things. Number one, the history of the scrolls that many Christians simply just do not know. Number two, the translations themselves, how the language has progressed into different meanings, but you keep the people King James only while the language progresses and they can't understand it. A scripture that is used in dualistic heresy is Psalm 110. The Lord says to my Lord, or in the King James Version, the Lord said unto my Lord. Sit at the, my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. 
Now, the Lord said unto my Lord, this sounds like dualism. But there's a history that many people just simply do not know. While William Branham taught that Jesus was the name of God, which it is, Jesus was not the name, Jesus was not even known to be a name until the angel told Mary and Joseph the name that they were going to call their baby. In the Old Testament, God was called Yahweh. You see, the translators of the Bible did not want the name Yahweh to be taken in vain because it would have broken the commandments and there was a penalty for it. To protect the people from blasphemy, in the translations, they replaced the name Yahweh with capital L-O-R-D. All capital. But this psalm contains two different words. You have capital L-O-R-D, and then you have L-O-R-D, not all caps, just a title. The word for capital L-O-R-D in the psalm is Yahweh. That's the original word that is used in the text. Y-H-W-H, I believe it is. But the word for Lord is Lagonai. And in fact, this is speaking of the self-same God. Correctly translated, the words are, sit, my, Lord, the lowercase Lord, the, Yahweh says. Sit, my Lord, the Yahweh says, the God. Not dualism. But Branham did not tell his people this. He integrated the heresy of dualism into his theology. He combined multiple heresies into one using confusion. 1959, he says this, And if the oneness, if you disagree with the oneness because of their standing like that, now which is odd because most message people are oneness. If you, if you disagree with the oneness because of their standing like that, yes sir, Jesus had a father. He was God. They baptize in the name of Jesus. I baptize in the name of Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's many Jesuses, but there's only one Lord Jesus Christ. See, he says, he says, not in Jesus' name, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he had to clarify that because he claims to baptize exactly by the formula in the Bible, but he really doesn't. He adds some words to it. He says, the Lord Jesus Christ, that's Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Lord. Then William Branham uses that psalm. He says, Lord said unto my Lord, set on the right hand. And then he says, Son, Jesus Christ, the Logos that went out of God in the beginning. Dualism. He says, oh, there you are. I'm happy for it. Second Peter 2 warns us that these false teachers are going to rise, and they're going to bring forth pagan teachings from the ancient world. Oddly enough, they come from false prophets. Peter says this, 
But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, taking God down to the level of Satan, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, getting killed in a car wreck in a terrible accident, and many who follow their sensuality, and because of the way of truth will be blasphemed. Think of it. The way of truth will be blasphemed. And we have a false prophet who is a false teacher who has lied about practically every single event in his life, even his own birth date. He says, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Ask yourselves what one of these hunting trips will cost. Go price it out and see if any of you can afford it to go to Africa to hunt lion or whatever it is he hunted. He says, in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. He says, their condemnation from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. In other words, these are ancient pagan religions, Baal worship. Peter warns us that this Baal worship is going to slowly creep into the church, which it did. He says, For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness, to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but he preserved, he saved Noah, a herald of righteousness, <coughs> with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of ungodly. Peter says, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, when he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, if he rescued the righteous lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, as for that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds. That he saw and he heard, then the Lord knows how to rescue the ungodly from their trials. This is a good thing. God is ever, ever interceding for you. If he's able to pull Lot out of this, that's what Peter's saying here, and to keep the unrighteous under punishment, the false teachers, the false prophets, keep them under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Now, after warning us of these heretics, it's very interesting that Peter speaks of God's preservation of Noah. Because while Peter is showing God's devotion to Noah, who was found to be just, William Branham also used this very verse to invent a new scripture. Branham says this in 1964, turn on the light again. To the progressive revelation people out there. This is 1964. Branham says, just the elected will be scared people. 
but just as it was in the days of Noah, when eight souls were saved, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Very, very few will be saved at that time. Boo! Scared you. But this invented scripture is a combination of Luke 17 and what we just read in 2 Peter. It's not even a scripture. Luke 17 says this, Just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of Son of Man. You see, Luke is talking about the sudden catching away. Peter is talking about God's faithfulness to his children. Peter's not saying, boo, I'm going to scare you into faith. And neither is Jesus. See, Revelation 22 warns us of those who feel like they have the power or the authority to take away from the Word of God. John the Revelator writes this, I warn everyone who hears the prophecy of this book, if anyone, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. Now, in this, in this study alone, we have identified three different invented scriptures where William Branham added to the Word of God. And John says, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. But there's two parts to it. Don't add to it. But he also says, if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share of the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Now later we're going to get on to the second half of that. But for now, look at the adding too. As Christians, you should ask yourselves, have you followed a man who introduced heresy and pagan religion into these false teachings, into this mess that he called Christianity? Do you still follow these false teachings? Do you even understand these teachings? I mean, they're so conflicting. Are you confused of all the different conflicting viewpoints that he speaks of when he talks about the Godhead? Are you a oneness? Well, how do you reconcile his Trinitarian standpoint? If you're a oneness, how the dualism? If you're Trinitarian, how the oneness or the dualism? None of it makes any sense. Do you even understand these things? Are you really okay? with William Branham adding to the Word of God? Are you okay with him inventing new scriptures? Do you really not see the heresy in this? Or have your heart been so seared by this false teacher and by his false teaching, by his false apostles, have your hearts been so seared that this no longer bothers you? Oh, it doesn't matter. That's just the Bible. We have the tapes. Are you really at that level? I'll let you decide.